Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. One preseason game to go. We've got a lot coming up here on the Stacking the Box. We will sit down with the 12th Man Rising podcast. Lee Vol, Kevin Daggett will join us as we look at the Seahawks and the very competitive NFC West. And we're going to be looking at the rookie quarterbacks. Who should start week one? Verderam, we're almost there, my friend. We are. Are you ready to lose our bet yet with Justin Fields? Uh, well, we can discuss that. We will discuss that. And and no, I, I'm not. I'm still clinging to hope. And uh, I'm not looking good, though. You are you are you are trending in the right direction. The Stacking the Box podcast with our NFL insider Matt Verderam. Yours truly, Mark Carmen. A stop with the Twelfth Man Rising podcast starts right now. The Stacking the Box podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Get your rocket ready for takeoff. Yeah, you know how to do that. You go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off. Free shipping. Put in that promo code FANSIDED20 and get yourself the performance package 4.0. You get the Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer. You get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair trimmer. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. You love that one, Verteram. You got the, yep, yep, yep. You got your performance boxer briefs. You get a travel bag. It is absolutely worth your investment. Uh, yeah, the weed whacker. It's, it's waterproof for the ram. It's got nine thousand RPM. This is it's a three hundred sixty degree rotary dual blade system. That's the dual blade system that you need to get yourself to the next level. Absolutely. Look, you do not want to be caught in a bad situation if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, take care of business. Manscaped's got you covered. That's right. The website, get what you got to get, get all the good stuff, and use the promo code FANSIDE20, get 20% off, get free shipping. It's no brand. Manscaped.com, stacking the box starts right now. Verum, let's start with the rookie quarterbacks today. By the way, how are you? I uh, I missed you last week. A little little vacation time for me uh, up in the Northern Woods family camp without a family, going solo, riding with families. Uh, me and my buddy Brian Adler staying in a cabin by ourselves. He has the sleep apnea. I've never heard a man snore like that, but I battled through and had a great time. Sounds like a tough week. Have you ever water skied? No, I have not. No, I've skied. Okay. I've skied plenty, but never water skied. Okay. Okay. Uh, water skiing is a skill. You got to get in. First of all, I was called a land lover as a kid. And so me in the water, I, I mean, I can swim, but I'm yeah. not a good, but I'm not a swimmer. Let's, let's make the distinction here. So you got to get in the water, right? You got to, you got the life jacket on, but then you got to, you got to get the skis on in the water. You got to point the skis towards the sky. And then you got to get the rope. And then that boat starts, you got to give the thumbs up and you're terrified and either you get up or you don't. And for me, I got up, but I went right down three times and finally the fourth time I got up and I'm, I'm cruising and I'm like you did it Carm I'm so proud of you Carm way to go Carm you can let go now Carm okay fine I'm letting go and that was it but and my but my body ached for a good 24 hours because it, it, you're being pulled by a boat like it, it rips apart your hamstring your arm your shoulders the whole thing but I want you to know that for the stacking the box podcast I got up and I screamed Justin Fields <laughs> I'm glad you were able to glad you're able to do that uh I was on vacation last week in San Francisco and my body did not ache for 24 hours. However, while my wife and I, 
enjoyed it immensely. Had a great time. Got to see all the sites, got around, got to really kind of know the city. We stayed in the Mission District in an Airbnb. It was a good time. Um, but there's, you know, it's California. So half the state is dealing with wildfires because it's just what happens. And I'll tell you what, man, like you don't smell the smokiness necessarily, but it's just in the air. Like the air quality is not great. It gives you some massive headaches, like wow. really like, you, like by the end of the night, you're like, wow, my head is pounding, you know, like it's just, um, and that, that only happened for two of the days, but you feel it. Like we went up to Sonoma, which is closer to the wildfires and you really felt it that day. It's just ever present, but all in all a great trip. I mean, we, we went to, well, I went to two baseball games, Steph went to one. Uh, went to the Giants game, went to an A's game, um, went to Alcatraz, went to Sonoma, went to Fisherman's Wharf. It's kind of a tourist trap, whatever. It's cool. Um, went all over, went all over. And I got to give Hunter Armour our, our shining uh, shining example on the video team who runs the whole deal. He, he is, of course, from San Francisco, and he gave a lot of good advice. All right. Good job, Hunter. And uh... – Hunter, congratulations if you're listening to this podcast, which I highly doubt, but if he is, congratulations on your marriage to Cora and their trip down to the Dominican Republic, which yeah. if you're following Hunter on Twitter, or make that, well, probably both actually, but mainly Instagram. Beautiful photos uh, from the old honeymoon. But all right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's look at the quarterback situation. We could start with Justin Fields because Bears fans are booing Andy Dalton coming back on the field in the second quarter of a preseason game because they want Fields to start. And Fields obviously is the future in Chicago, but they are sticking to their word that they gave to Andy Dalton that he will start week one. And Matt Nagy is saying that performance and wins – are going to be the determining factors. And this is where, of course, Nagy is getting it wrong once again, by the way. It shouldn't have to do with his performance and wins. It should have to do with whether or not Justin Fields is ready. Uh, but anyway, I think it's fine to sit him. But if he's really ready, then, then, then play the dude because that's your future. I, I cannot understand why they're not just playing him now. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't care about Matt Nagy's word. Okay, this is the NFL. Things happen. And you know what? Nagy, who I've always defended, by the way, I've always thought was a better coach than he got credit for. Like, why even did, why were you put in this position in the first place? Because you had to just come out and proclaim in June that Andy Dalton was the start. Why? Like, what, what reason was there for that? You know, this doesn't happen at any other position. Like, can you imagine Matt Nagy coming out and being like, listen, our left guard job is settled. We're going into camp, and we know our starting left guard. Like, no, no. If you have a stud left guard, okay, fine. But most teams like, would do that. There's no reason to cut off competition, and that's what the Bears did. And by the way, I normally kind of side on the hey, look, bring the rookie along as needed. In this case, the Bears are not scoring a point with Andy Dalton in this offense. They have a horrible offensive line. Andy Dalton is a statue. This, this is going to end horrendously because he can't get out of the pocket and they can't create a pocket. So if I'm the Bears, I'm saying, look, we're going to do some read option with fields. We're going to roll him out. We're going to allow him to pick up some cheap first downs with his feet because that is by far 
the best option for this offense. If they're just going to try to drop back Andy Dalton on third and eight, they might as well just punt. There there is no way that's going to work. Yeah. uh, It's not. I don't know how much they, A, believe that, uh, because I was going to say. Oh, they believe it. Well, then, look, if that's the case, then it, it, it almost seems to me like, look, there is some message within the Bears organization. Don't worry about wins that much this year. You, Matt Nagy, you, Ryan Pace, are still safe. Just worry about developing the quarterback. You don't need to rush it along. So it's almost like job preservation to not put him out there at the start, ruin him, and then have everybody pointing the fingers like, you two got to go. Um, but I, I don't know. I, listen, we, we made the bet that uh, – Fields, fields would not, would, would not start until October. Until October. And I thought, I thought I was an absolute lock. And I am not a lock. I am, he, he's going to start by week two. I don't know if it's week two. I still think I'm going to win. I still think I will win. But it's, it's getting awful close here. They're, they are going to get absolutely taken behind the woodshed against the Rams. Like that is on national television because they can't block. The the Rams are just going to tee off the entire game. Dalton's going to throw like 35 passes for 170 yards. And everybody in Chicago, including our guy Danny Parkins and all the rest of them, right? Everybody's going to be screaming their heads off. Get Justin Fields. On the field. And, and they're have, right. Why? Do, yeah, but oh, that's fine. But why do we have to be such a prisoner of the moment here? Like the dude is, is you, you have five years with him. Okay. You, you don't, it's hear fine. You. The sooner he gets up to speed and is great. That benefits your franchise. I, I get it, but making sure that he, really has the playbook mastered and and also by the way the team has a little bit of gelling in front of him that's not a bad thing it really isn't look i I don't i don't want to be hot take guy okay because that that guy sucks so the the nuanced answer to this i think is i understand why they want to go with andy dalton they probably figure look if andy gets killed behind this line with due respect to him whatever like it doesn't hurt our long-term viability. And you saw Justin Fields get absolutely clobbered against Buffalo when he didn't slide the protection the way he should have. And he should have known he was hot and he didn't. And he got, he got taken off his feet and his helmet went flying. And if you're, if you're a coach or a fan for that matter, for the bears, you don't want to see that. Like all that's true. All that is a hundred percent true. My argument for it is, look, he is an NFL quarterback. He's going to get hit, okay? If you watch Jacksonville and New Orleans, which we'll get to here, Trevor Lawrence got the piss beat out of him in that game, and he's going to get clobbered all season. They can't block anybody. He's going to get killed back there. It's not ideal, but that's what you've got right now. And to me – that like Justin Fields is the best option to win. Like everybody loves to always use the Mahomes comparison. The Chiefs didn't play Mahomes because Alex Smith was a very good quarterback at the time. They were Mahomes, but they felt they were coming off of a 12 and 4 season as a Super Bowl contender. 
like maybe a fringe one, but a contender, like a legit contender. The Bears are not that. Fields gives them their best shot to be competitive and be interesting this year. And I just like, you also have the other side of this too, where Allen Robinson's going to be a free agent after the season. Like, do you want to keep Allen Robinson? Because playing a year with Andy Dalton's not cutting it. Like, I, I just think there's some point you give him the ball and say, look, Justin, it's your job. It's your ball. It's your responsibility to shift the protection, hopefully with the offensive line helping out here. And let's roll with it. I, I just – I don't see much upside of let's watch Andy Dalton go out there and just get killed behind this line. Well, yeah, I, I get it. And I think we covered the Bears – enough here so let's move to new england which i think is interesting right now because cam sure is in the covid protocol don't know when he's going to be back and mac jones was not a guy that was thought to even be in consideration to start week one but now he is and to me uh i find that one all like equal to the bears you're not doing anything with cam newton yeah, okay, fine. He's got training camp this year and there's preseason games or there was preseason games, but now he's got COVID. Like, that's not going to be the answer for you. Why not make Mac Jones, you know, I think, and, and Belichick is, is unlike Matt Nagy, he's got an opportunity. I mean, he's, he's saying it differently than what they're saying in Chicago. Yeah. No, listen, man. I First of all, I don't know, you know, Newton is in the protocol, like you mentioned. Judy Batiste over at NFL Network mentioned that because of the way it's all kind of has shaken out, that it, it lends itself to the fact that he's unvaccinated. If that's the case, and I, I can't confirm that, but I, I have no reason to think Judy Batiste is wrong. That is the case. Cam Newton it deserves whatever happens with this job. You had COVID last year, man. Or, excuse me. He was... Yeah, he had COVID. He had COVID last year. He was he he missed the Chiefs game, the Monday night game, where the Pats had to take like two planes out there. And Brian Hoyer started after that game, and when he, once he returned, he was never the same player, and was awful. Frankly, eight touchdowns, ten picks. Okay, now you come back. Now doesn't no idea if he has COVID. He might not. It might be a contact situation. The Pats are claiming it's a miscommunication because he went to an outside. Uh, uh, appointment. And so, you know, it might just be a situation where maybe he was a close contact or, or some kind of, of, of protocol break. But you know what? If you were vaccinated, you wouldn't have this problem. Like now, now you go into the third preseason game and all of a sudden Mac Jones is sitting there going, Hey, I got a pretty good opportunity, which Bill Belichick, as we're recording this on Tuesday, he was said this morning, said, yeah, he does have a pretty big opportunity, doesn't he? Can you? Also, I, it, yeah. It's just such a ridiculously avoidable situation. And now Mac Jones, he might start week one against Miami, and he probably wouldn't have if this didn't happen, in my opinion. He also gets the benefit. They're practicing against the Giants this week, so that ramps yep. it up even just a little bit more, gives him an opportunity to go you know, face some competition that he wouldn't normally get. We'll see. Uh, it's interesting, too, that Zach Wilson once was thought of about two weeks ago to be the biggest bust in NFL draft history, and now he's considered a lock for the Hall of Fame. It's probably going to land somewhere in the middle, but the Jets got to, Jet fans have to feel a little bit better about themselves today, right? Yeah, they do. I wrote about this for the column, stacking the box of column on Monday over fan sided. And look, there, 
every quarterback faces some degree of pressure every year, right? Like it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, maybe if you're Brady at this point, you don't feel any pressure, but everybody else, if you're Mahomes, hey, you got to keep winning. You got to win a title. If you're Derek Carr, you're trying to save your job. If you're if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you're save, you're staving off tra- uh, Trey Lance, right? Like there's a there's a varying degree, uh, and 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 certainly you know for guys like Baker Mayfield, there's you know monetary incentives or anything else trying to get the new deal. I look at this situation and say I don't know if there's any quarterback in the league that's under more pressure than Zach Wilson. You have two backup quarterbacks who have never thrown an NFL pass. You have a head coach who's a first-time head coach at any level, and I like Robert Sala a lot, but he's a defensive-minded head coach. Who's the quarterback who's in the room who's helping Zach Wilson? Who's the guy in the sideline or in practice that's helping Zach Wilson? If Belichick throws a bunch of defenses at him he's never seen and has no idea what to do with, who's on the sideline with the iPad going over it with Zach Wilson? I have like look, he's been good in the preseason. That's fine. I feel the same way about Zach Wilson's preseason as I do about every other player in the NFL. Doesn't really matter. I remember when Deshaun Kaiser was lighting it up in the preseason and people were just out of their minds, and Deshaun Kaiser was terrible. Now I'm not saying Zach Wilson's gonna be terrible. He might be very good. My point is teams aren't game planning for you, they're not blitzing you very much. Like they're, you know, you're not in, in both cases. You didn't see any starters. Like this is, this is fine. He's basically playing against college kids. He's going to take a big step up, like everybody is. And I just worry with Wilson, he has no safety net, man. Like if he's not good the first couple of weeks, like let's just say Fields were to start for the Bears, and and right off the bat, and he wasn't good. He just didn't play well the first couple of weeks. They could always sit him down. Let him learn, bring in Dalton. There is none of that happening with the Jets. If Zach Wilson's not good and he's completely overwhelmed early, oh well, because there's nobody else coming. Right. And the most recent example of what you're saying would be the Dolphins and Tua and, and Fitzpatrick kind of going back and forth last year. Yeah. Which I still, in the case of, I would make the argument that it's, it's almost good for Zach Wilson. If, if he struggles, let him struggle through the whole year. You, you drafted him number two overall. You're, there's no going back. Run it till it's finished. And if he sucks at the beginning, well, just let, let him figure it out on the fly. You're not trying to win anything anyway. You're the Jets. Uh, the Jacksonville thing is interesting. I'm like the I, – I, I, I am still maintaining that, like, Gardner Minshew, this dude is young. Yeah. And his numbers playing for Jacksonville have been impressive. Give, put him in the right situation. Like, let's just say he ended up in Tennessee backing up Tannehill and Tannehill gets hurt. He could very well step in and be better than Ryan Tannehill. I believe that with Gardner Minshew. However, it's Trevor Lawrence who has a chance to be great. So start Trevor Lawrence. I get it. But I I still think people like look at Minshew, like he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, the dude's, you know, third, third, year. third year in the league. Third year. He, and he and he's done fine. No. Look, I, I like Minshew. You and I are on the same page with this. Okay. I, I like Gardner Minshew a lot. In fact, kid comes in out of Washington State as a sixth round pick. And you say, well, he's only got, you know, he's seven and 13. They've sucked. His statistics for his career is completed 63% of his passes, 37 touchdowns, 11 picks. Like four to one. He ain't terrible. 
I mean, I get it. His QBR is around 47, and, you know, it's a one to 100. He's been on god-awful teams, and he's he's been cycling through coaches. Like I, I would absolutely consider him as a viable option, because I'll tell you right now, of all the rookie situations, Lawrence's worries me far more than anybody else's. Uh, Wilson's I don't love because I, I think the Jets have a defensive-minded head coach. Who I, again, I like Salah, but you're really relying on that offensive coordinator there. Like, you're really, really hoping that things go okay. And that, that you know, with, with no help behind the guy. And Mike LaFleur, who's our offensive coach, hey, man, maybe he's great. He's also 34 years old and, like, has never, ever, ever been in this position before. A little bit terrifying. Um, so I don't love that situation either. But the Lawrence thing, look, we've talked about this at nauseum. I hated the Urban Meyer hire when they made it. I've hated it all offseason. I hate it even more now. You watch them last night against the Saints. Bro, he's totally outclassed as a coach. Like, totally. They had no idea what was going on. The offensive scheme is archaic. And Dan Orlovsky, I think that's actually, to be fair, I think it's the exact term that he used on Twitter describing it, and I would, I would wholeheartedly agree. They they are setting that kid up to just get pounded all year long behind a bad line with a coach that every time you looked at him last night, when they when ESPN was showing him on the side, and all I kept thinking about, I know it was a popular joke going around on Twitter, and for, re, for good reason it was popular, you're looking at Urban Meyer and you're looking at his expression, and, you, and you're, you're almost thinking that he's thinking, can I get bought out yet? How long do I have to be here? Because, man, they are going to get pummeled over and over and over with that team. Yeah, I've, I've seen you taking your runs at Urban on Twitter. It's uh, If you're not following Verderam on Twitter, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you are. But if you're not, Ed Mad Verderam is very entertaining. Um, good job, by the way, staying away from the politics more and more, which I think is I, I do what I can. It's for you. Probably to your benefit, yes. Um all right, let's let's wrap up with San Francisco. I think this is the uh, may, maybe the most win-win situation because the, the Niners play well when Garoppolo starts. Garoppolo always gets hurt, so you can just let this organically happen. Yeah, he's he's not going to make it through the season. So go with Jimmy. Let him let him roll. If and and you have a, with that defense, you have a chance to be a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, I don't love San Francisco, but I, but I certainly, if I was a Niners, you know, I'm, I'm not taking chips off the table. If I'm them Garoppolo has to give you the best chance to win at the start. And he's most likely not going to make it through. And then you bring Trey along and, and you're, and you're golden. I totally agree. I, I mean, there's, there's no reason to think that Garoppolo is suddenly going to be able to play every, every game. Why would you think that? I mean, it typically doesn't happen. Um, they're in a, in a very good spot. I agree it's the best situation, but also a very interesting one in the sense that they – I can make an argument the 49ers are the biggest window of what could happen. You know, and I know, look, they have a lot of talent. But at the same point, you are like, well, all right, if they're winning, you're not going to yank Garoppolo, right? Like, you're just not. If they're, you know, if they're five and one, you're not going to go, yeah, I think it's time to put Trey Lance in. This is a situation where if things go well, you just wait it out, and he plays next year. Things don't go well or Garoppolo gets hurt, then you put him in. But I I think of all the rookie quarterbacks, he has the best situation. 
it's it's this it's the most chief like to uh patrick mahomes situation that we have right yes i mean i mean it's not identical but it's no but it's similar it it, it is it is a similar situation yeah all right let's uh let's get our seahawks guys in here 12th man rising podcast leval kevin daggett uh, as we look a little closer at seattle closely at the division closely at russell wilson quick time out here on stack in the box underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app draft your team and that's it and if drafts aren't your thing they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit. When you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash, deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio terms and conditions apply. We move along to our Seattle Seahawks conversation with the 12th man rising podcast. Can't have a better name than that. Right. As you, uh, Love your Seattle Seahawks 12 and rising super sweet. Kevin Daggett, Lee Vowell are with us here. And gentlemen, first of all, thank you for taking some time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So let's jump right in here and, and do where is Seattle in your NFC power ranking? It's, it's a very interesting division uh, with the Ram and the 49er having some interesting uh, quarterback controversies going on right now. And uh, Arizona as well. Where do you where do you where do you put the Seahawks as we get ready for Week One of your NFL season? Kevin, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll take it. I, as far as the NFC West, I'd say I'd say we're two. I don't, I, you know, San Francisco and and LA are both they're, they're both going to be tough. I don't. I would consider Arizona to be last, even though I know they they've got some some uh, some chance also. But I'd put us as two in the West as far as the NFC in general, um, it's going to be a tough division. I mean, no matter how you look at it, um, I'd put us probably in the top five. But uh, in the West, I, the Rams are tough. Um, I think we're going to hopefully split that, uh, split those games, and then split with the Niners too. We should, we should win them both against the Cardinals. But um, I'd say we're second in the West. Lee, you with your partner? So. Uh, yeah, I think we're second in the West. I, I think we're fourth overall in the NFC because the Buccaneers have everybody coming back, obviously. And then uh, you've got the Packers. And then I think the 49ers are one. If the 49ers stay healthy, they're one notch above the Seahawks. I still think at, at this point, even with that quarterback controversy, I guess it will be in a, in a year or so. But I've got the Seahawks second in the NFC West uh, currently and fourth in the uh, NFC overall, just just because of Russell Wilson and because of the top end talent that they have. Obviously, the backups kind of stink, as we've seen in the preseason. But if everybody stays healthy, I think we're in good shape. Ram, you want to quibble well, with any of this? Yeah, it's funny. Normally, when we have when we have uh, people on from around around the league who who cover a specific team, normally they're usually higher on on their team than than we all are, right? I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. I actually think the Seahawks are better than both you guys think they are. I, I think they're going to win the division again. I think they're the third best team in the conference. I like Tampa, I like Green Bay, but then I like Seattle. Look, my rationale is I kind of feel the same way. Uh, that Kevin does about Arizona. Arizona's good. Probably one of, probably the best last place team I've, I've seen in a long time. 
but I, I don't love the, their offseason. I'm not, I'm not fascinated by it. I think Kyler Murray's a good quarterback, but I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury at all. And then I look at the Rams. I like the Rams a lot, but the Rams are kind of like Seattle, like really top-heavy talent-wise. And I like Wilson more than Stafford, and Wilson's been in this, this system for a decade. Like Stafford comes in. Stafford's never won a playoff game. He's never won a division. I don't know what happens there. And with the Niners, of all the teams, they have the best roster. The problem is I don't trust the quarterback. Garoppolo's either ineffective or hurt half the time. And Trey Lance might come in and be great. He might come in and stink. You don't know. He's a rookie. I trust Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll can be maddening at times, but I trust him. Defensively, there are major question marks, but I love the offense. And defensively, you have some studs on the team like Dunlap and Wagner and Adams. And I think that's enough with the system and everything else to win 11 games and be a pretty big player in the NFC. Verderam underlining that he's got the Rams as the Seahawks' biggest threat in the division. Kevin, uh, you both have them second. So, Kevin, who's your number one? Who's at the top for you? I'd say the Rams. Now, the night, you know, last year, Lee Mexican was the Niners. And last year, I tell you what, I was. I don't like anybody to be injured, but I was not unhappy when the Niners had all those injuries because they are a huge threat if they do stay healthy. I think the Rams, it's uh, Stafford, in my opinion, is an upgrade from Goff. Um, I'm not a huge Matt Stafford fan, but in Detroit, I, th- I think he was hamstrung there a little bit. I think in, uh, in L.A. he's going to you know, shine a little bit more, um, especially their, their defense is tough, too. Um, but I'd, I'd say the Rams are the biggest threat to the Seahawks in the division. Lee, you stay in the same way? No, I got the 49ers one in the division, uh, just defensively alone. I mean, again, if everybody can stay healthy, I don't think the quarterback matters so much because I think Shanahan has such a such a good system, especially running the ball. I think that uh, the Seahawks, it was funny because last year they were, what, fifth in the NFL as far as defending the run. But then when teams wanted to run against them, like the Rams in the playoffs, they had issues stopping the run. I, I still see the interior of the defensive line for the Seattle being the the deficiency to the defensive line that they have i just think shanahan's system uh, works well against seattle and i just think that defense is a beast and and i feel like i I know that we talked about you know russell being in the system for a decade but he hasn't been in this offensive system that they're really completely changing at all so i i he hasn't played at all in preseason he'll hopefully play saturday against the chargers and they'll have some live action but i wonder if it's going to take him a few games into the regular season to acclimate to that and and my concern would be they lose because they they start off with a couple of tough games a few tough games if they lose one or two they're in they're in bad position ram you want to follow up on any of that no i i think all well said um and the wilson point about him not being in the system is well taken that's true I guess for me, I'm just a big believer in this day and age. Who's your coach? Who's your quarterback? Who are your best five or six guys? And, and there's always holes in that theory, of course. But, like, to me, I'll take Wilson and D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, a better offensive line, and those three guys I mentioned defensively. Like, I'll take that over, over the Niners, who I do think have a better roster. Like, the, overall, the Niners have one of the best rosters in all of football. I just don't trust the quarterback. And I, and I do worry about can they stay healthy. Trent Williams is already dealing with a knee injury. If he goes down, there's a major loss to that team. They need that offensive line to be very good and very healthy. And then I look at the Rams. I like Stafford. I do believe, as Kevin says, he's an upgrade over Goff. But it's like he's got Cooper Cup and, and, and Robert Woods, right? But I, I like the Seahawks duel better. 
I like Wilson better than I like Stafford. Cam Akers is gone for the year. The Rams offensive line to me is, is, is a question mark. And then defensively, they lose Brandon Staley to the Chargers, who's now the head coach. You know, they lost John Johnson. They lost Troy Hill. They lost Michael Brockers. Like, I like the Rams. I like that whole, that whole division I, I, I pretty much like. I think it's easily the toughest division in football. But if you said to me, you got to bet your mortgage, I'm betting it on Russell Wilson. I'm not, I'm not betting it on a guy who's never made a, a, a playoff start that, that ended in a victory or a guy in Garoppolo who I think he's better than people give him credit for, but he's hurt all the time. Right, San Francisco is super interesting because yes. you 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 do Biggest love range of any team in football. Yeah, uh, and some people love them. I I pers- I do I don't, but we'll see. Uh, specifically on Russell, where do y'all have him ranked right now? Do you think he's top three, top five? Lee, you want to take this one first? Sure, I have as number three. I think it's Mahomes number one. Um, and you can't watch the Super Bowl and think of Mahomes because he had literally no offensive line. And then Aaron Rodgers, I have number two. I think Rodgers is just – he's so consistently great every season, and, and he's still, you know, compared to Russell, who, who puts out really good touchdown-to-interception ratio numbers, Rodgers is the beast. I mean, he's maybe the greatest of all time when it comes to that. So I have Russell number uh, three, actually. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you know, off-field issues, great quarterback – but he, he's not Russell yet. And to me, Wilson is the clear number three in the NFL currently. It's interesting because uh, there is that leader down in Tampa who's clearly not on that level, but there's just something about him where he's still moving the needle. And then I, how high does Josh Allen go? What a, you, let's, let's flip over um, and, and maybe you get a, a breakthrough um uh, Somewhere in the NFL, maybe Justin Herbert is is the guy that could make a huge huge leap from year one to year two. Uh, where do you have him, Kevin? I'd I'd put him at four, and I'd I'd say the, the two that Lee mentioned, and then the the guy you mentioned then in Tampa. I'd put Brady right there just just because he's Brady. I mean, I love Russell Wilson. Um, he's got some inconsistencies at times. He's lost at least a half a step over. The past years has been evidence, you know, one of the things that irritates me the most, and I don't know if it was the offensive scheme, the way they're running things is he does not have that spin move or doesn't do that spin move that he did in the beginning to get out of things. A lot of, um, a lot of tackles were avoided because of Russell Wilson, that line, you know, let's be honest, that offensive line isn't the greatest, hasn't been the greatest for a while, but Wilson used to get out of a lot of those things and he doesn't seem to be able to do that. Now, the guys you mentioned, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in their second year. And then you've got some of these, these, uh, um, you know, high draft picks, these quarterbacks that everybody bet the house on. We'll see what they do. Um, you know, quarterbacks, a tough position and we got a solid one at the Seahawks. And I hope to God that guy stays healthy because I don't know what we have after him. What's your top five. I think for me, it's Mahomes, it's Rodgers. And then after that, it's interesting. Look, if, if Watson didn't have all the nonsense going on off the field, you know, I, I'd almost make a case there with him, but I, I can't go there. Brady's got to be three for me right now. I mean, the guy just won his second Super Bowl. Like, now, now nobody would argue that he's more talented than Russell Wilson at this point or anything like that, but it was seven Super Bowls. I, I have to go there. I also, I, I'm with Kevin. I have him four. You know, I debated with Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's done it for one year. Wilson's been great for almost a decade at this point. So 
I think Wilson's got to get the nod. You know, I thought for the longest time, really, he was the most underrated quarterback in football, one of the most underrated players in football. Now I think he's properly rated. I think people realize how great he is. Um, you know, last year, hell, he was MVP through half the season, and things kind of went south for a month there. But I, I, I think four. I think four is good. And look, Allen is interesting. You know, obviously, Brady, you could argue, depending on how you value guys. Um but he's certainly top five. I don't know how you could argue he's not a top five guy, and you could argue that he's maybe even that number three guy. Let's go back uh, team related as we wrap it up here. And Kevin, we we and uh, Lee, we appreciate your time here. Sleeper team NFC, perhaps that even no one is talking about right now. Does anybody jump to mind that uh, you know you're you'd be? willing to take a flyer in in vegas or wherever you are as far as betting these days where you can illinois you can do it uh and uh put some money down on, on a sleeper that's going to go far and lee you want to take this one first it's got to be the eagles no i'm joking it's totally not the eagles um i've got the vikings just because they're so loaded offensively um i mean their offensive line may be not great but they have so much skill talent um justin jefferson he was what second half of the year he was one of the best receivers in the league now he's entering his second season i think he's going to be huge dalvin cook i mean if the defense does if it reverts a little bit back more to 2019 than 2020 i think that team's in a really good position i i I think the bears defense is great but their offense is stinky and uh, i think if the packers come back at all i think the vikings can actually overtake him in that division verderam and i have a bet that justin fields will verderam has he will start before the end of september three games in i have that he won't i was so confident that was going to work out for me and now uh, the bears are turning into the bears again and maybe justin fields will (laughs) jump up and your stinky comment will not be appropriately because justin (laughs) fields maybe even get in that top five this year i'm so excited i'm gonna win that bet well, you, you're, you're, you're trending in the right direction. Kevin, you got an NFC sleeper? Well, I, I used to be a huge Bears fan back in the Jim McMahon and uh, oh. uh, all those guys, Walter Payton days. But my, uh, my uh, confidence and uh, fandom has faded in that team over the years. But I, I, I was thinking Minnesota also just because of the, the offensive weapon they had. You know, you never know. I mean, Fitzpatrick's pretty good backup there in uh, Washington. I don't know that they've got the, the – um, uh, you know, the, the personnel to, to make anything happen. But, you know, when that guy's on the field, crazy things happen. But I'd probably go with, with Minnesota. Matt? I, I really – I thought about Washington long and hard, but I just – Fitzpatrick's going to have like seven games where he's just tremendous. And he's going to have seven games where he just throws them right out of the game. Like, it's just <laughs> – it's who he is. Like I, I love their defense. Rivera's a really good coach. Love Terry McLaurin, right? Like, but it's just, I just can't go there. I, I, I'm going to go a little off the board, and I'll, I'll say up front, I don't know even how much I necessarily believe in this, but I, I think there's a chance is New Orleans, just because that team wins. Peyton's a really good coach. I think their defense is a lot better than people realize. It's a very good defense. The, the question, of course, is Jameis. Right, like unless you think Taysom Hill is going to start, and then if Taysom Hill starts, I'm completely out on this, by the way. But if if Jameis starts, could he have a year where he throws like 15 picks, and it's not just a to- like? Can he just have a year where he throws for like 32 touchdowns, 15 picks? Because if he can do that, they could be pretty good. 
Like, they've got Kamara. They've got a great offensive line. Now, the receivers are terrible, and Thomas has already heard for a month. But Kamara is such a good offensive player. I think they can actually kind of, like, survive for a little bit while Thomas is coming back. And that division's awful. The Falcons stink. The Panthers stink. Obviously, the Bucs are very good, right? But if you're the Saints, you're going, all right, look, if we can beat Atlanta and Carolina four times, like, all right, can we find five to six other wins? So I'm not, I'm not selling all my stock on them just because I, I think Sean Payton's a really good coach. I like the defense. They have fans back at the Superdome, which is going to be a home field advantage. You guys up in Seattle know about that. So I, I like New Orleans as at least a, a playoff contender. Just because we've got 12th man rising here, I'm just going to throw you out Arizona. No, give no love on this podcast today. Kyler Murray, next step. Welcome, A.J. Green. Here we go. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got uh, the rookie, uh, Rondale Moore. I, listen, I will be a buyer on the Arizona Cardinals in the sleeper category. They were they were sexy last year until they somehow blew out and missed the playoffs with the Bears catching them. But let's not sleep on the Cardinals, baby. I'm going I'm to throw fear at 12th man rising. What do you think about that, Kevin and Lee? No fear. Actually, you just kind of freaked me out there when you mentioned all those guys. <laughs> Like, wait a minute. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Shanahan is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of coaches. He's going to win some games for you, but he's also going to lose some he shouldn't. That's that's a fair take. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, come on, buddy. Let's go Cardinals. All yeah, right. Kingsbury, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, Kevin Lee, 12th Man Rising is an awesome podcast. We appreciate you guys taking time and jumping on here with us. Uh, let's have a let's have an amazing season and hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you guys because the Seahawks are just going to be that relevant and you guys are having the time of your lives. Let's hope yeah. so. Yep. Thanks for Thanks having me on. I'll come back and we will wrap up Stack in the Box. That is next. Thanks to our guys, Lee and Kevin, as we move on to In or Out, our last segment on Stacking the Box before we wrap it up with what's going on. I guess that is two segments, but I don't even consider the last segment a segment. I consider it a debriefing. But let's start with the Vikings here, Rotoram. The Vikings will finish above 500 in or out on Minnesota. We just uh, gave Minnesota some love as a potential underdog sleeper. Uh, are you going over 500 in or out? You know, man, I have been really high on the Vikings, like all offseason. I love their offseason. Got Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breeland, short that secondary, Dalvin Tomlinson coming in from the Giants. They got Michael Pierce off the off the COVID opt-out list. Love all of that. Like Mike Zimmer. Love their weapons. Offensive line should even be better. Christian Darashaw, first round pick coming in. And then the summer happened. And Kirk Cousins might be in a plexiglass box in the, in the meeting rooms. And the team has so many vaccine situations in terms of trying to get guys vaccine who are, or vaccinated who aren't already that they're bringing an epidemiologist. So I'm out on this because I feel like they're going to lose one or two games based off the fact they're probably going to have a bunch of close contacts who can't play in certain games. I also think, you know, Zimmer – who has just been absolutely – and I give it to him. I give him credit, man. He has been hammering his own team over and over and over and over about how irresponsible this is. It does not have the feel of a team that's going to go 11 and 6. Like, maybe I'm wrong because I like the talent. I really do. It just – it feels like 8 and 9 is incoming and so is an implosion. But I do like the talent, but I'm I'm out on the winning record because I just – it, it just seems like some bad juju going on there. Tough schedule. 
Very they tough. Gotta, they got to play at the Chargers. They play at San Francisco. Um, you know, they you got your – the division might be less. I mean, I, I don't – you know, the Bears look very, very complicated as far as winning football games right now. Same thing with Detroit. What will the Packers be? Let's just even say they drop both games to Green Bay. You still could have a good run in the division. Uh, but overall – I guess I'm out as well. You got to play. You got to play. You got even tough home games. Cleveland at home. You got to go to Arizona. You got Seattle at home. It's a. It's a tough. It's a tough run for Minnesota this year. So I guess I'll take the. I'll take. Uh, I'll be out on this one, uh, even though uh, the, the the North could be a lot of wins for the Vikings to collect, especially if they can even split with Green Bay. You you could have a. You could have a six. You could have six wins in the North, but all right. Let's go to the AFC North. We'll give us three playoff teams again. Three out of the AFC North, which means that you, uh, yes, are, are optimistic about the Browns uh, in particular, I guess. And you're and you got to be a you got to be a Ravens optimist too here, Verderam. What do you think? I need to get two. I meant to do the research on this to see you know whenever a team or whatever division puts three playoff teams forward one year do they do it again the next year and my guess is that it almost never happens um a lot of times it's because in a given year you know a division gets a really easy schedule you know they get they get a cross divisional you know the slate of games where they play a, a, a bad group of teams and so last year I, I did look the afc north last season drew the nfc east okay and what what can only be called fortuitous and the AFC South, also fortuitous, got three playoff teams, right? I do not think that's going to happen again this season. They, first of all, are going to be playing the AFC West, which is a, is a good division. I do not think they're going to be beating up on, on, on the AFC West. And I don't like Pittsburgh nearly as much as last year. Last year, I was high on Pittsburgh. I remember before the season saying I thought they would be, win the division. I picked them to win the division. I got a lot of hate from Baltimore. It wasn't worked out. They won the division and then promptly got smoked in the wild card round. I, I think you're getting Baltimore and Cleveland. I think those are the two teams that are going to get in. I think Pittsburgh will be a contender for a playoff spot. And Cincinnati, to me, lags far behind. They're still going to be dead last in that division. An interesting team, maybe, but still last. I'll I'll take two getting it. I'd actually go all the way down to one. Really, I I I, I, I would be selling on the Browns. You don't think is, they make the playoffs? It's a little harsh, but that schedule, as you just named, is tough, and uh, I I'm still at best in the middle with Baker. Okay. So. So the let, tough let's, schedule and an average quarterback. I don't know. I can let's see one. spin it then. So let's well, here. We're close this season. We can do this. I mean, we'll we'll have a preview podcast at some point. But for for you know, for kicks, if you had to right now on the spot, give me your seven AFC playoff teams. Just we and we can get more into the weeds in this in a, in a week or two. But like off the top of your head, who are, who are the seven teams you think are making the playoffs? I'll give you mine afterward. Okay, so I will go Buffalo. Baltimore, Tennessee, Indy, KC, the Chargers, and I, okay, fine. I'm going three out of the West. I'm going to put the Broncos in the playoffs. Okay. So I, I have is division winners. 
I, I have Buffalo, Kansas City. To me, I'd be shocked if those teams don't win the division. And then you get Tennessee. I, I like Tennessee. And I like Cleveland to win that division. So that's where you and I are really diametrically opposed, I guess. I, I think Baltimore will make the playoffs, be a top wildcard team. I think the Chargers get in. And I like Miami. I, I am nervous about Tua. I, I will say this. The first six I mentioned, I feel a lot more confident about. The Chargers scare me too because they're the Chargers and they're all about having hype trains until September and then going seven and nine. But I, I love Herbert. And I, I just think if Derwin James is healthy, that's such a boost to that defense. Like, I don't think they're an elite team, but I think they're like a 10 win team and they'll, you know, they'll get in, they'll be a, a, a frisky wildcard team. Miami scares me because of Tua. Like, I, you could easily sell me New England could beat him out. Uh, Indy, I did, Indy scares me with Wentz, but maybe maybe they're better. So I'll go Miami. I'll go Miami, but I'm I'm nervous about the Dolphins because I'm nervous about Tua. Sean, mark this one because let's bring this back at the end of the year because I might have just made the worst predictions ever, or I'm gonna look like a genius, baby, uh, because I'm sweating as I just said it. Both Indy and Denver. Um, By the way, Denver is a really good roster. The problem is the quarterbacks are terrible. Right. It's and it's, I, I just I can't get past it, man. I just right. can't do it. And and it's a it's a fair not getting past it. It's against how I generally um, evaluate. If you don't have the QB, I'm gonna downgrade you rightfully, so like everybody else would do. However, I'm a Vic Fangio guy, baby, and I'm feeling the Broncos right now. And they've looked good in the preseason, which of course means nothing. But let's go Denver. Uh, all right, let's keep rolling here. we got two more for you. Washington will win the NFC East with Ryan Fitzpatrick in or out. We know he's going to play well in some games. What do we got? I'll take – I'll go here. Uh, NFC East, I do – actually, I like Washington. I'll be in. Dallas is all messed up with Dak. Uh, I, I'm betting – and I'll bet against the Giants and the Eagles comfortably. I'll, I, I would bet on Washington. You know, when I did my preseason picks where I pick every game like a, like a nutcase – the only division I have any regrets about is I screwed up that division. I just I, I have nobody going over 500, which is stupid. Somebody will go over 500, whatever. But, you know, I vacillated. You know, I've gone back and forth. Dallas, Washington, are the Giants interesting? Philly, I have, Philly I'm, I'm, I'm so out on it. It's not even funny. But, you know, man, the closer we get to the season, if I had to bet my mortgage, I, I think Washington's going to win that division. They got a damn good defense. They've got some nice weapons offensively. Fitzpatrick, so I'm in, by the way. Fitzpatrick is going to throw them out of like five games. He's going to do it. He's going to throw a million picks. He's going to, he's going to do dumb crap, and, and they're going to lose the game. However, he's also going to have five or six games where he throws for 400 yards, and they win because of him, which is he's one of the more – I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but like unique, polarizing backup quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. I love him. I'm a huge fan. I love him too. But I like, so for an example, I remember years ago, he was on the Jets. It would have been 2016. And they come to Arrowhead and they have a winning record. They had just gone 10 6 the year prior. They have Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, the whole thing, right? Fitzpatrick comes in and throws six picks. Six intercepts. It was it was unbelievable. Like he could not. It was like a magnet. Every time he dropped back and threw the ball, it just, just hit some chief in the hands. And then 
you, but like you're equally likely to get a game with him where he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So I, I kind of like Washington, even though he scares me. It's, it's not how many times you fall down in live vertebrae. It's how quickly you get back up. And by the way, happy what it would have been a 43rd birthday for Kobe Bryant, which I'm going to bring into the podcast right now because you know, you're talking about Fitzpatrick throwing interceptions. No one missed more shots in the history of the NBA than Kobe Bryant, but he took them, he took them and he hit a million of them. So, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a beauty and I'm just going to go for it again oh, and, I'll, and I'll have a terrible day. I'll throw six picks and then I'm going to come out next week and throw for four touchdown passes and throw for over 400 that, yards. That is an interesting point. And, and yes, happy, uh, unfortunately, uh, posthumous yeah. birthday to, to Kobe, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at the numbers right now for Fitzpatrick right now here. Here are two seasons back to back. In fact, we just talked about the 20, uh, game in 2016, but here 2015 Jets go 10 and 60. Somehow I don't make the plus, but go 10 and six. Fitzpatrick starts every game, throws for 3,900 yards, 31 touchdowns, 15 picks, seven yards in a 10. Pretty good year. The next year, with the same team, same coaching staff, the whole thing, completes 56.5% of his passes over 11 starts, 14 games total. 2,700 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 picks. Like, I have no idea what to do with that. And then, and then like, after that, he's gone. He goes to Tampa. He's a backup. Then he has that Fitzmagic start that everybody, I'm sure, remembers. He averages 9.6 yards per attempt, which leads the NFL, right? Like, just has a, has a good year, starts half the games, goes to Miami, is just the epitome of a guy, like 13 starts, 3,500 yards, 20 TDs, 13 picks. And then last year, in seven starts, has 2,100 yards and 13 touchdowns. I, I, I have no idea. If, if you, you could not find a player in the NFL where there's a bigger, wider range of outcomes for, yeah. than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and father time catches up to all, and who knows? It could very quickly catch up to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he could be the worst quarterback in the NFL, and we'll revisit this conversation and say we were crazy. That, that's, that's on the table, too. By the way, it has to be said, I'm on the Pro Football Reference page, and they always have these nicknames I've never heard for anybody that apparently is the nicknames for these players. There's, of course, Fitzmagic. Also, the Amish rifle. All right. Hilarious. Should get more play. But, but I digress. I digress. Is it just because he looks Amish, or does he actually have any form of background? I, I, I'm thinking it's because he looks Okay. Amish. Okay. Okay. Just, just making sure. That would be the odds on. Uh, all right. Let's wrap up here. Joint practices will still be a thing in 10 years, in or out. How did this uh, get in your mindset? Just a lot of teams have been doing them. Uh, you know, it's just it's just standard every year we see them. But we're seeing, like, more and more out-of-control fights, I feel like. Now, it happened every year to some extent. But, like, the, the Browns and the Giants had some fisticuffs. The, Ra- the Raiders and, and Rams just can't stop having fist fights. Um, I just wonder if coaches are going to, in 10 years or, you know, five to 10 years, if they're going to say, you know what, we don't, we don't need this crap. Like, we just don't. We don't need to have them. A lot of coaches don't already. I, I, I'm out because I think there will still be some, but I think we're going to see fewer and fewer as the years go on. I'll, I, they'll, let's, it'll still be a thing. It will still be a thing. So I'm saying that I'm in. Um, 
it's there's too much value and I think players like it and I almost and I also think coaches when they see the fights are like yeah okay don't get hurt but like I all right good our team's alive uh, I, I don't I don't think it's actually a huge deterrent Verem, we did it once again as uh, we wrap up stack in the box with what's going on you're on the rundown it's, it says back from vacation and ready to roll and I put on the rundown which I rarely write on going on another vacation and not as I'm headed off to uh, New York on Monday you'll be doing an interview with uh, who are you talking to next week Matt Ryan oh right Matt Ryan Atlanta, huge, Falcons which is going to be sweet the pod yeah, Matt Ryan will be joining the pod next week, but uh, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching a little of uh, my favorite uh, time of the year, baby. You and I are going to be uh, New York at the same time because I'm driving out there tomorrow. So I'm going out. My cousin's getting married on Sunday, so I'm heading out for a week. But I'm not taking any vacation time to do it. I'm just driving out, and then I'll work, and then I have the wedding, and then I'll work, and I'll come back next week. So um, it, it is. Uh, is a little bit of a, of a unique trip to New York for me. But after, after that, I'll tell you right now, after that, I get back, I get back. What the hell's today? 24th. Get back. I think the first or the 31st. And once I'm back, that's it. I'm not going anywhere. I am. I am uh, hunkered down until the senior bowl in February. That's the next time I'm leaving. So that sounds good to me. I've had a lot of fun this summer, I've, but I've traveled a lot. I'm not complaining when I owed it. It's been awesome. I've been to Connecticut, I've been to New York, I've been to San Francisco. I've been up to Wisconsin. Uh, it's been, I've been all over the place. So it's been a damn good time. Uh, but I, I am looking forward to kind of just parking the car on September 1st and throwing that baby in the garage. So I, I'm ready for the season I know for you, this is your, your annual pilgrimage. So I'm excited for you. I know you love the U.S. Open. You get a $13 bottle of water, and, and times are good. Everything is overpriced, but it's not at, like it's literally not as bad as the Open as it is going to Wrigley Field. So consider that. I think beers are actually cheaper in New Amen. York. What's and I don't really, you know, I bring my water bottle. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is no vacation for me. This is serious stuff. I am watching tennis, I'm dialed in. I'm, so, sure I'm sure it's very strenuous. Yeah. Um, I, get, I get my, I get my morning little breakfast in New York. Take well, I was going to say, where's your favorite place to go eat in the city? So my burger place is JG melon, um, which is just straight delicious. It's kind of a, I go, I go to the one on, I think it's 74th and third. And I mean, I'll get a slice. I, I'm not, I'm not good enough to know where the best uh, pizza is. I like Arturo's. Uh, last year, or maybe two years ago, because of COVID wasn't last year, found an amazing Italian place where I forget the name of it, but when you go in, if anybody was, uh, has been there and is listening to Stacking the Box, so that would be an amazing synergy. But you go in the bathroom, it's just got newspaper clippings from, uh, you know, all the way back in the 60s. And it's just, and the food is, I mean, it's just, I don't know how they do it in New York. The BLT, better in New York. The French toast, better in New York. The bagel, better in New York. The pizza. And I love Chicago style, but the pizza itself, it just tastes better it's in better. New York. Um, I, listen, I will say this, and I, I, I have to mention this because you, you bring it up. So I went to a Jewish deli out in San Francisco day in and day out. Weiss Delicatessen over on 24th in the Mission. It's beautiful. And it drives me insane out here that there are not more 
Jewish delis. Drives me nuts. New York, you you, you can't throw a football more, you know, and, and, and not hit right. one. And out in Chicago, now there, there's Steingolds, which I want to shout out. They they do a great job. But like up here in Rockford, there's no damn deli. It it drives me crazy. Even Chicago, other than Steingolds, like there really aren't many. It drives me nuts. I told Steph that when I retire, I'm opening up a deli. And I'm not even Jewish, but I have Italian. I'm opening up a deli, and I'm, and it's going to have Italian cookies as well. Like it's going to be like a deli bakery combination. And I'm looking to put everybody out of business in the area that doesn't do that. It drives me nuts. I just want a ham, egg, and cheese, and occasionally, you or or just a cream cheese on a bagel. That's fine too. And you get people who are like, well, you need to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts is trash. It has always <laughs> been trash. It'll always be trash. It drives me insane. I just want a damn bagel, toasted, little cream cheese, maybe even a little chive, easy onion. Like I, I don't understand why that can't happen out here, and yet it can't. And I will tell you this. I'll sign off this. When you go to New York, get yourself to a bakery, get yourself a black and white cookie. I know that's your deal. Nice, fresh, soft, little little crisp on the uh, on the frosting. They're amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. I'll tell you right now. I go to New York now. I, I'm on, I'm cu- I'm currently on a, a plan here to lose about nine and a half pounds because I've, I've gained nine and a half pounds throughout the summers. So I've eaten my way through every vacation we've been on, and that's fine. I'll lose it in a month. But I will tell you, when I'm in New York, I'm gonna eat fine. I'm gonna eat well. I'm getting a black and white. Everything about it's just delicious. Love a black and white. Give me an egg salad. Give me a tuna salad. Give me a corned beef. So give, give, oh, give me give so me a lox sandwich. Give me just a plain bagel. Give me a nice coffee. I, I I love the efficiency of New York too. You come in there. I mean, it is there is no plan around. Give me. A, I'll go to a standard bodega in New York, which would be straight nasty anywhere else. But in New York, somehow it's delicious. I love that guy behind the counter is going to make me an egg and cheese. That guy's in. That guy's incredible. Um. So all right. Thank you for listening to Stag in the Box. Thank you for all the reviews, and uh, maybe we'll read some of those next week. Verram, you're hosting next week with Matt Lombardo. Is that the deal? I believe that's the case. I'm not sure if Lombardo knows yet, but he's going to. So, okay, uh, well. yeah, I think that is the idea. We will be interviewing Matt Ryan, of course, quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. That will be exciting. Uh, and then we will go from there. But, yes, looking forward to the pod, and then you're back after that. I'm back permanently. There's no more missing podcasts from here on out. So, uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening and following along, subscribing and rating and commenting. You're the best. And I am looking really, really forward to uh, getting the train rolling now. We're, we're kicking it in a high gear, man. A couple weeks. Let's go. 2021 regular season right around the corner. We'll see you next time.